0: Let's begin with a word of prayer. My prayer this morning, Father, is a simple one, that you would give me a heart for your word and a word for our hearts. Amen. So John, the day after, sees Jesus. And it's a funny thing, it doesn't tell us if he's at the Jordan River or not. Maybe he took the day off. Pastors do enjoy their day off. And he sees Jesus, and he doesn't say, Hey, cousin, how are you doing, you know? How's Mary? How's Joseph? How's the business? He shouts, Lamb of God who takes away the sins of the world. That's quite a greeting. Not about you, but I like greetings. The other day, right after church, I went to visit uh, the grandchildren. And I stood in the kitchen like this, and they were in the playroom. And Theo looked at me, and his face lit up. And he ran and he shouted, Grandpa! And he jumped into my arms. And I said, I love you, Munchkin. That's what I call him. That's a greeting. Years ago, I'm sorry to say, close to 30 years ago, I had a friend named Sarah in the opera company. And we we went to Italy together to sing. And I don't even know how it happened. But Sarah was feeling a little lonely and a little sad. So I began to greet her like this. Oh, sweet mystery of life, at last I found thee. And she would light up, and wherever she was, we would run together and have a big hug. And it carried on. We did that in Italy. Um, We sang at the opera company, so we'd be across Chestnut Street, and out would burst. And she would just light up wherever she was and run to me. We never dated. We were just friends. But it was a silly thing to do. Now you may remember a few years back, our dog passed. It was very sad for Vicky, and Vicky and I were talking about the fact that we miss being greeted by the dog. The dog was always by the front door, you know, tongue. <laughs> so you've heard this. You know what I do when Vicky comes home? I bark. I bark. Woof, woof. Vicky's home. Woof, woof. Because it has to. You know, you <laughs> greet the people you love. Now, you're laughing, but I tried to lick her, but that didn't really go well. <laughs> so now I just bark, right? But I was putting my tie on this morning, getting ready for church. She came in from work. She she came into the bedroom. She I don't know how she got past the front door. I didn't hear her. But I to, and I had to quick get my bark in. Woof, woof. How we greet people says a lot about how we feel about them and how they feel about us. Now, What an interesting thing that John said. Lamb of God who takes away the sins of the world. Boy, I need you to set your brain all the way back to Genesis. Adam and Eve ate from the tree. And I don't know if you know this, but the Jewish scholars thought it was a pear, not an apple. We always say they ate the apple. They said they ate the pear. They ate something. And God had to propel them out of the garden. And he clothed them in animal skins. Now you have to use your your Christian brain to remember that in Romans it says, the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life. Something had to die to absolve, to find forgiveness for the sins of Adam and Eve. We don't know what animal it was, but my guess is it was a lamb. Later on we find out during Passover, you know what happened, They had to find a lamb that was spotless and without blemish. And they killed the lamb and they put the blood on the door so that the spirit of God, the spirit of death, would pass over them. Every year at Yom Kippur, the priest had to find a spotless lamb that would represent dying for the sins of the entire nation of Israel. So that when John says, Lamb of God who takes away the sins of the world, there's several thousand years of history that go into that statement that this one person, this metaphorical lamb, is going to absolve the sins of the entire world. And not just the entire world at that moment, but the entire world throughout all time. Now if you heard that, would your head turn? Would you want to see who (laughs) the Lamb of God that takes away the sins of the world was? Hear this, John's message was one of repentance, but Jesus becomes the the vehicle for our forgiveness. John said we had to repent, and anybody who is um, mildly (laughs) self-aware knows that they have to be repented. There's something that you've done for which you need to repent, But Jesus' message isn't of repentance, but of forgiveness. Jesus then reiterates the dove. This is my son. John declares that Jesus is the son of God. From the beginning of Jesus' ministry, he was set apart. He was a prophet, but not a prophet. He was a preacher, but not just a preacher. He was a priest, but not just a priest. He was a perfect man and a perfect sacrifice. For John, hear this, Jesus was the culmination of John's ministry. He created a recognition, John created a recognition of our fallen state, our need for repentance, and pointed us directly at Jesus. Albert Reichel, a European theologian, said that we need to call the church, hear this, A fellowship of the forgiven. Many people think we have a long list as Christians of thou shalt nots. And that when you follow all the thou shalt nots, then you'll be a good Christian. Well, if we're doing that, we're no better than the Pharisees in the first century. Because you remember, they had over 600 thou shalt nots. And it was impossible for the people to follow them. We come to Jesus, not for the thou shalt nots, but for the forgiveness. Many people think, oh, I did that already. What we really have is a lamb who takes away our sin. He pays our debt and dies in our place. What does that look like for us? A tourist landed in Germany. This is a story from Leonard Street Suite, and was surprised to see a carved figure of a lamb near the top of the church's tower. He asked why it was there, and he was told that when the church was being built, a workman fell from a high scaffold. His co-workers rushed down, to, expecting to find him dead. But to their surprise and joy, he was alive and only slightly injured. How did he survive? A flock of cheap sheep, was passing beneath the tower at the time, and he landed on top of a lamb. The lamb broke his fall and was crushed to death, but the man was saved. To commemorate that miraculous escape, someone carved a lamb on the top of the tower at the exact height from where the workman fell. The lamb gave his life to save the workman. The lamb of God gave his life to save you and me. I also read a story recently about a busy airport. You you've seen pictures of these on the news lately where a line of travelers were waiting to buy tickets. The line grew so long and moved so slowly that patience was wearing thin. At the worst possible moment, two women carrying large suitcases started elbowing their way to the front a man near the front of the line saw the two women were pushing and shoving and he feared that the situation would get out of hand. Consequently, he offered them his own position. This response took everybody, including the women, by surprise and a great quiet came over the scene. The man picked up his luggage, moved back to the line, and gave the women his spot. One little act Turned a disaster into a magical moment. Jesus, hear this, takes our spot in line. And he gives us access to the Father. One more example. This one really stuck with me. I read this many months ago. A stranger went to visit a church. And uh, he parked in the parking lot. And just as he got out of his car, another car came by and said, Hey! You took my spot. He came in and the Sunday school class was already going and there was an empty seat and he sat in it and the person came in and guess what they said? That's my spot. You took my spot. After church, he found his way to the sanctuary and you know what happened. He found a pew, he got settled and a person came by in a huff and mumbled under their breath, He took my spot. Finally, at the end of the service, they were going to serve communion. And the stranger came to the front of the church, and as he walked down the aisle, people saw that he changed into Jesus. And he stood at the front, and he held out his arms, and he said, I took your spot. What do you call out when you see Jesus? What does it mean when the rubber of Scripture meets the road of your life. If you saw Jesus walking by, what would you shout? Would you shout about the feeling you get with fellowship? Would you shout about the free food you get at the fellowship meals? Would you talk about the family of God, the future security, the forgiveness he gave? Or maybe one of my favorite children's songs is Jesus Loves Me, This I Know, for the Bible told me so, but maybe we should change the last line. Jesus made my life brand new. He can do the same for you. The story is told of an African Christian who told his congregation that he had a vision the night before church. In the vision, he was climbing up a hill to the church and suddenly he heard steps behind him. He turned and saw a man carrying a heavy load on his back. He was full of sympathy for the man, and he spoke kindly to him. And then he noticed that the man's hands were scarred. And suddenly he realized that the man was Jesus. He said to him, Lord, are you carrying the world's sins up the hill? No, said the Lord Jesus. Not the world's, just yours. Jesus' atoning sacrifice reaches out to the whole world. So this message has two conclusions. One, if you've never before realized that your sins need to be forgiven and that Jesus died for you and carried your sins on his back up the cross to Calvary's Hill, then make the day today that you give your heart and your life to Jesus. Make today the day you accept him as your Lord and personal Savior. The other conclusion is this. If you are a believer... And you have anyone in your circle of influence that doesn't know Jesus at work, at your club, at your gym, at your family, your neighbors. Let them know what Jesus did for you and what he can do for them. Come for prayer for your loved ones at the end of the service. Because here's the real thing. Now it's not important what we would shout if we see Jesus. What's important is what Jesus is going to shout when he sees us when we walk into heaven. And I want him to shout, well done, my good and faithful servant. Come into the reward prepared for you. Amen.